Scarantino, and this is the Get the Fuck Off podcast. Every week, I'm going to be talking about a new topic to help you guys get the fuck off the shit that doesn't serve you anymore. But first, let me tell you a little bit about me. I used to work as a bartender, and I lived in the New York City bar scene. I smoked between a pack or two a day, and I was what you'd call quite overweight. I learned that the secret to adopting a healthy lifestyle is a series of mindset shifts. Unfortunately, they don't always come with an owner's manual, so I decided to start this podcast to give you guys the nuts and bolts without you having to do all the research on your own. Getting healthy does not mean you have to sacrifice your outstanding personality, and it actually can be quite a fun journey. I'm really excited to have you guys on that journey with me. Let's get off together. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Get the Fuck Off podcast. Just here to be completely honest and transparent with you. I have recorded this episode five or six times. I have gone back and forth with what I wanted to talk about this week. I did an episode on how failing fast is the way to do it. And then I did an episode on transparency and showing up with vulnerability. And then I didn't put either of those out. And then I did a bit of a recording earlier, which this is going to be kind of a take on. So I've decided I kind of want to talk about all of those things. And it's going to be very stream of consciousness. I'm going to kind of talk about what's been, what's up for me and talk about yeah, a little bit about stuff I think that you're interested in. And as always, if there's something that you would like to hear me talk about on the Get the Fuck Off podcast, definitely send me an email, Andy, A-N-D-E-E, at getthefuckoff.com because otherwise I'm kind of coming up with ideas on my own and... That's kind of what where I'm going to start today. I'm going to talk about how I don't like to say the same thing twice. And I found out this year through some people that have been involved with me um, with coaching that they learn, they like to describe themselves as, quote, slow processors, unquote. Now, you might ask what this means. According to these people, it means that they need to hear things many, many times before those things, quote, click. And I, I, Andy Scarantino, am not that way. So I don't have any judgment for this. Like you can take as much time as you need and everybody kind of moves at a different speed. I just happen to move at a like, like astronomically fast paced. And that's just kind of the way I've been my whole life. Except for the 11 years when I was second-guessing everything I did and stuck working in a restaurant in Times Square, hating everything. Which some of the people that listen to the Get the Fuck Off podcast shared that experience with me. And I always get, I always get a little like, yeah, I know what that's like. You know, I always get those texts when I put out an episode of this nature. But this is where I'm, I'm kind of going with that. If you're a person that calls yourself a slow processor, I would like to invite you to entertain the idea that perhaps you are not a slow processor at all. Perhaps you are an overanalyzer. Perhaps you are a person who might engage in overactive thinking to the point where you want to understand and, and see every single possibility before you take an action. Perhaps you overthink the thing that you're being told because you want to consider all of the considerables. 
And I mean, here's my experience with, um, with that. I think that I was that way up until February of 2020. And I want to kind of give you a little bit of a background of what was going on with me in February of 2020. So here it is, February 2020. I'm at the end of my rope. I have made significant changes in my body, in my mindset, in my, uh, you know, habits. I quit smoking. I quit drinking. You know, really getting a lot of stuff in order. And there was just this lingering, like, why can't I budge my circumstances, like my employment? Why can't, why am I still in this relationship I don't want to be in with my ex-boyfriend? Like, he didn't want to be with me. I didn't want to be with him. But we were still hanging on for some reason. I mean, this is after the incident where he left me at the airport in the middle of the night without a flight home in the middle of January. And again, he's not a villain in my story. I don't know if he listens to this or not. Um, but if he does, like, I I have no ill will. Like, I was not a great companion to him as much as he wasn't a great companion to me. I have a lot of abandonment triggers. I was very, I think, controlling. Like, our relationship started in 2016 proper. And I, I mean, I knew him. I was a friend of his. I'm saying that because I met him in early 2015 and we were friends. But we didn't start until, you know, after... He was married when we met, so after after his marriage ended. And then we became, you know, a little bit more than friends. And I was not I was not a very healed person and I wasn't very good to him in in a lot of ways. So I, I don't he's definitely not a villain in my story. My unhealed self is the only villain. But we stayed in a relationship longer than we should have. Like we should have been done, you know, it should have been over with. And like just the the state of where I was at and who I was just was not what I wanted, you know, in this in this point in my life in 2020. Like I just wasn't budging. And two things happened in the month of February of 2020. Actually three. So, but the first two were the catalyst for the third. So the first was that my very good friend who's been on this podcast, Ash Amberger, released her book, The Middle Finger Project. And she is a phenomenal, fucking brilliant writer. Uh, I, I would invite you to get yourself a copy. I mean, you can get it in any bookstore. It's in the business section. Hot pink letters. You'll see The Middle Finger Project. Um, and, uh, or you could just find it on Amazon if, if that's what, the way that you want to go. But it's a phenomenal book. I mean, and I was feeling so empowered. I remember this one line from the book. I mean, the whole book was just gold. But she said, when you're doing work you hate, you're disrespecting yourself and it hurts. And I felt that so hard, man. I felt that so hard. And concurrently that month, February of 2020, I had one of the first conversations ever with a man who is one of my dearest friends now but I mean I consider him one of my dearest friends <laughs> I don't know how he feels about me but <laughs> he's one of my dearest friends and at the time he was just a stranger his name is Andy Petronic. he was the co-founder of the whole life challenge which besides my education was the first thing that I ever invested in and I invested in it a few days after uh my ex-boyfriend left me at the airport and it, it was because my ego just wasn't strong enough to say no so when my friend Christine invited me to do it I did it and that really was what got me involved with people that had the growth mindset like I was I was not of the growth mindset until I had done that but the the co-founder of that um Andy 
I started following him on Instagram and there was just something about him. Like, and <laughs> this is how psycho I am. Like, I'm such a creep. And I, I know it's all out of love. Like, but have you ever had somebody, and, and maybe some of you guys feel that with me, where you just hear them speak and everything they say just lands so well for you that you're like, I have to know that person. I have to know that person. I don't care what I do. That person has to fucking know who I am. That was how I felt about Andy. And it, it was just, it didn't matter. Like, it, did he do anything out of the ordinary? Not really. I mean, he's a highly accomplished dude. I mean, really, really accomplished. But it wasn't his accomplishments that drew him to me. It was just his being. Like, there was just everything he said. Everything he said. Like, God. Every video. Every story. Every workout he put on the internet I mean every every just everything I was just like God please know me <laughs> like I just it was just so much and finally like I, I 2019 the day before well Christmas Eve it was Christmas Eve so I actually did this December 23rd I was drunk at my parents this is going to seem, the timeline is probably a little bit weird for you guys. I'm still talking about February 2020 is when I had my first conversation with Andy. But December 23rd, before that February, I drunkenly wrote in my iPhone notes that I should write to this guy and, and thank him for everything he's done for me. This is before we even met. Like I was like, right, Andy Petronic, and tell him all of you how wonderful he is. And I woke up on Christmas Eve with a hangover looking at my iPhone notes like why did you write this in your phone well anyway two months later here I am sober 2020 February and I reach out to him and basically asking for help and he, he agreed to get on a call with me and I expected him to just think I was the bee's knees like I expected him to think that I was so fucking great because inside of me I, I saw that like I was like look at me look at how much I've been able to change my life I'm so fucking amazing and I'm going to this guy asking him for help because I can't seem to budge my life situation and he saw exactly what I showed him like, he did not think I was the bee's knees. He started calling me out for shit. And I didn't realize up until that con that first conversation that I had this habit of, like, showing the underdog trying to win story. Like, look at me and look at this. And, and what I, and I'm just victim consciousness all over the place. And this motherfucker, he just saw it. He was just calling it out left and right. He's like, mm-hmm. He's just calling it out. He's just picking me apart. And I realized after I got, like I ended that call, Lordy, Lordy, like I, you saw exactly what I showed you, like like he saw what I showed him, and so I ended up like you know fucking t t writing him a, a huge letter, and and anyway, this is going somewhere. He said to me one of the most powerful things that he said to me in February of 2020. I'm still still in February 2020. He said to me tell a new story like he said Andy tell a new story and I was like it can't be that simple now remember I started this podcast with not wanting to say the same thing twice and over analyzing and are you an over analyzer does it really take you that long 
there was something about tell a new story and when he said it and I don't know if it was the way that he said it I don't know if it was because I just read Ash's book like I was so excited about that book like I had that shit pre-ordered like I couldn't wait to read the brilliance of this woman because I've known her since we were an undergrad together she was a, a year ahead of me but we both studied communications and you know we went overseas together um for the first time god I admired her so long I couldn't wait to read her book and I don't know if it was just because I was fresh coming off of that or what I really like I don't know I just know that those two events her book and his his conversation happened right together in February 2020 when he said the words to me tell a new story I was like it can't it can't be that simple but I'm gonna choose to believe that it is I'm going to choose to believe that it's that simple. And I thought, why the fuck am I telling the story that I'm telling? Like, I'm going on telling the world about how I'm unqualified to do anything. I'm just this bartender. And I'm thinking, I've got a fucking master's degree from an Ivy League school. Like, what the fuck? Like, I'm a genius. Why the hell am I telling this story? I have all of these skills. I had skills that I didn't even, I had convinced myself I didn't have. Like, I had convinced myself I had no skills. Like, this podcast, for example, I studied communications. I knew how to do this. I didn't have to teach myself how to do this podcast. I already fucking knew how to do it. I had convinced myself that I didn't know how to do things because of the story I was telling for so long. And right then, I decided, I'm just going to say okay. I'm not going to think of all the reasons why telling a new story won't work. I'm just going to start telling a new story. I'm going to start today. And, you know... I, I did have assistance because a global pandemic started one month later and I had the ability to pause. And when I paused, when I paused, when the world paused, when every, you know, everything paused and I could just get out of the, the fight, flight or, fight or flight survival, I wasn't really a freezer, but I was a fight or flighter, I was able to slow down and ask myself the question, who do I want to be on the other side of this? Like, who do I want to be? And the person that I said I wanted to be on the other side of it is the person that you're listening to right now. I mean, that's it. I have a whole new life. I have, I mean, the, the people that I serve are, I mean, it's just incredible. I serve a lot of people in, you know, way, like many different ways. And it's awesome. I mean, it's, it's just awesome because I started that day in February of 2020 telling a new story. I bought my domain, getthefuckoff.com, that February. I didn't start Get the Fuck Off until November of that year because I had this brilliant intuition that perhaps people wouldn't want to stop stop smoking and drinking and doing reactive behavior at a time where they felt like they had zero control. Um, and that was kind of right. <laughs> you know, I don't know. I mean, maybe, maybe I could have started it earlier, but I just wasn't ready to, to embark on that because I was putting some feelers out into the world because I really wanted to help people like get the fuck off the shit that didn't serve them any longer and um you know writing some things on the internet and just getting a lot of venom back and I was like you know I don't know if this is the appropriate time to to launch this so I, I I'm happy that I did it the way that I did it wouldn't go back and change it the end of November of 2020 was fine for me like that was wonderful but I did. I just told a new story. I just decided when he said, tell a new story, I just said, okay. And let's go back to slow processing and it being about overanalyzing. I could have analyzed the fuck out of that. I could have overanalyzed that shit to death. But I didn't. I just said, okay. If the dude I admire the fuck out of that's living the life that 
appeals to me, says this thing. Why am I going to believe my dumb ass who is living the life I don't want to live, who's not feeling very empowered, who's not really in touch? Like, why am I going to believe my old programming when I can just tell a new story? You know, it's, it's interesting about why we choose to believe our programming versus somebody who, who can lead us out of that programming. You know, it, it's like, this is why I'm saying I don't like to say the same thing twice. I have said on this podcast, and I've spoken ad nauseum about the fact that drinking does not make you a badass. It doesn't make you cool. It doesn't make you sexy. It makes you bloated and gross. It doesn't, and, and it's not contributing to anything. And I've explained and I've talked about different books and different resources and people that have really dedicated their life's work to showing you that it's all an illusion. I've said it a million times. How many more times do you need to hear it? Like, that's a question that I have. I mean, are you a slow processor or are you just an overanalyzer? Are you overanalyzing the every single thing that you know about all of your friendships and all of your past experiences? And what are you going to do about this vacation? What are you going to do about Christmas? What are you going to do about Thanksgiving? What am I going to do about this trip? What am I going to do about, like, like are is it really taking you that long to absorb the fact that this isn't serving you? Because in your, you wouldn't be listening to this podcast if you really thought that your drinking was, I mean, maybe you're not here because it's a drinking thing. But let's just say, for example, that, that it is a drinking thing for you. And, you know, you, you seek out all my sobriety episodes and, you know, you read all my emails and stuff like that. You wouldn't be here. If, if your inner knowing wasn't going along with what I was saying and saying, no, 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 she's right. Like, and it's not about me, like my ego being right. It's about, like, I knew when I was drinking and I knew when I was binge drinking late at night that it was reactive behavior, that it was to numb myself, that it wasn't making me feel good, that I felt good 10% of the time and the other 90 I felt like shit. Like, I knew that it wasn't serving me. And people would say, it's not serving you. It's not, you know, it's not this. It's not that. And I knew. And, and I just, and like, did it take me a long time to get it? I think I was overanalyzing. No, I got it the first time. I just chose to ignore it. And I chose to go around in circles with all of these other things that I was trying to avoid and that I didn't want to change. I wasn't a slow processor. I was an overanalyzer. I just was unwilling to accept so I think that that's, that's part of my, uh, my resistance to want to repeat myself and say the same thing over and over and over again. I mean, I, I say it once and then I feel like, okay, once is enough. Like you say it once and then that's it. And um, it's kind of, it's kind of, uh, I, don't, I don't know how I want to phrase this, but sometimes like I ask people to tell me things more than once. And my ex-boyfriend, Mario, will tell you this. I asked Mario, I, can you just tell me that this is going to be okay? Can you just tell me this is going to be And he's like, Andrea, I already told you. Stop being this way. And, and I'll ask him. And the thing is, I already know the answer. Like, I already know. And I'm just asking him to say the words just because I'm just asking. Because I have some sort of limiting belief. And I just, I just need the words of affirmation. And it might, you might be that way. But, like, you already know your answer. Like, the, I guess that's the, that's the big thing is that we already know our answer. Now, I wanted to just visit some um, words of wisdom from Ryan Holiday. And he was actually on Instagram today and he did a reel or video or something like that about this. He, 
He was quoting Marcus Aurelius. So Ryan Holiday is a big fan of Marcus Aurelius. I read a Medium article uh, during the pandemic about how he's read the book Meditations, I think over a hundred times. And he showed like his original uh, purchase receipt from Amazon of it in 2006. And he showed like pictures of it all marked up and everything like that. And it inspired me to read it. And then I actually gifted it to a few people. I don't know if any of them read it, but I'm a big fan of Meditations by Marcus Aurelius. And Ryan Holiday uh, was quoting him and he said, if it's humanly possible, I can do it also. Now, how cool, right? Is If it's humanly possible, I can do it also. I learned that mindset from another human that I've had on this podcast, Sabrina Stanley, who is the professional ultra runner for Adidas Terex. And she, you know, fucking wins some of the world's most difficult mountainous hundred mile races. Uh, We worked together a long time ago before she began her professional ultra running career. She said, if another human being can do it, then surely so can I. And I remember her saying that, like, knowing her, like, you know, back in the day. Like, if somebody else can do it, I can do it. If there's a human that can do it, I can do it. Now, you get these people that are what I would consider masterful human beings. Like, mindset of greatness. Like, nobody can argue that Ryan Holiday and Sabrina Stanley have a mindset of greatness. Like, they have a mindset of greatness. Nobody can argue that Marcus Aurelius had a mindset of great. Of course, Marcus Aurelius, great mind, great mind. I mean, and you can't argue that. And these are people that are saying to you, if it's humanly possible, you can do it. And I believe that. I I subscribe to that. And I started believing that when I was, you know, 5'3", nearly 200 pounds, 18-year cigarette smoker, binge drinking at night. And I said, nah, I'm going to go run a half marathon. And I trained for it and I did it. And then I was ran a full one by the next year. I had quit smoking. I had lost a bunch of weight, never gained that back because that's not my work any longer. You know, a lot of people just would just love to tackle the exterior stuff. Like, let me just, let me just fix my body. Well, how much time are you spending in your body, sweetheart? Are you spending time in your body or are you spending time hating your body trying to treat it like a science experiment and starve it and then overfeed it and then just count your macro? Be like, fuck fuck off the cells of your body know what they need and if you don't have like abs that stick out and and look like whatever well then you're just a you know you're just a slave to some sort of image like I don't have those and quite frankly I'm happy about it because if I get like you know a disease or something my body is very healthy like it you know, it's strong. Like, okay, I got a little bit of extra fat. So like if I get COVID for two weeks, like then I don't eat for two weeks, I'm going to be okay. (laughs) You know, like it's not going to be, it's not going to be something that I have to worry about. You know, not a, a, you know, not overweight by any means, but like I'm not looking to sacrifice my body's natural order of operations for a physical, like for a physique. You look at these people and, and sure, they're they're visually appealing. And then you're like, when's the last time you had a period? Like, I don't know, two years ago? I don't know. I think that's healthy. I don't know. I'm not sitting here trying to judge people. I'm just saying, you know, look to see where your influences are because, you know, you can have whatever you want. Sure. Um, but 
also know that like if you want to have certain things you need to really connect with yourself and if the things that you want are physical you need to be present in your physical body your physical body is going to tell you what you need and 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 everything like that so anyway that was a little bit off topic but uh we're gonna go back to uh if a person if it's humanly possible then i can do it if it's humanly possible for you to do something then you can do it and these minds, these great, great minds are the people that are saying this. Great, great minds. And then I work with clients and they'll say, but. And I'm like, what, what do you mean, but? But this, but that. Okay. Okay, so so you want to believe you're programming over great minds that have done it. You want to believe yourself over these people that have been proven to get results. Like, why? Why? Uh, why? Like, like, if somebody says, if it's humanly possible, I can do it. The first thing that I say, I, Andy Scarantino, I say, okay, that sounds good. And then I work with people that are like, no, 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 because no, I don't want to believe it and I don't want to fail. Yo, the only way that you fail is by not trying. Because failure and fear of failure, completely irrational. Completely irrational. Like, like, let that go. Let that go. If you can't let that go, then this is the work that I do with my one-on-one clients. We we dig into this shit. Like once you realize that you're the only thing standing in your own way, you will get the fuck out of there so fucking fast. And a lot of the time, a lot of the time it is your programming. So you can't outlogic your programming. You need somebody to crawl into your subconscious and start digging around in there and help you really fundamentally change things at like this subconscious level because our subconscious is running the show 95% of the time. So yes, it seems great to your logical mind. Don't have a fear of failure. And it even sounds logical when I say, you are so dumb with this fear of failure. And you might like smile and go, yeah, I know. But like you're not going to change it if there's an operating system that is that is contributing to it and you know those operating systems can go back and back and back and like it's it's up to you whether you whether you switch those around or not you know whether you whether you want to or not you know i heard something this last uh fuck weekend i was stalking somebody on the internet and they said coaching isn't for people who need coaching it's for people who want coaching and I heard that and I was like, you know, I think that's right because I think that there has to be a part of you that knows that there's more for you and there has to be a part of you that knows that you're in your own way and if you're triggered by that sentence, then I'm not the coach for you because you are, you are, you're in your own way and I'm not a safe space for everybody. There's a lot of me that's hard masculine. There's a lot of me that wants you to be in touch with your truest self as humanly possible. And then there's a part of me that's like, okay, like there's an internal project, but there is also the work, like the putting one foot in front of the other and thump, thump, thump. Like, what do I always say? Thump, 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 thump. Like just taking the steps, doing the actions because your feminine intuitive can only take you so far. And then there's that hard, masculine, thump, 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 thump. I mean, this is like distance running, right? And then this is why at, you know, coaching, it, it comes like 
this is why athletes, like we, we make great coaches because it started in our profession because there's a will like with athletes. There's a, there's a, a willingness with athletes for us to put ourselves in spaces of discomfort. And I was not always an athlete. I was a pack a day cigarette smoker who hung off a bar stool many nights a week. I was not an athlete. And by becoming an athlete and putting myself in this, in these states of discomfort and overcoming and pushing limits and showing myself possibility, like being an athlete has translated into every single aspect of my being. And, um, you know, that's kind of where I'm at. Fear of failure. Let's, let's dive into that. That was something that I had recorded one of this week's podcasts about. And I didn't put it out because I was like, I don't know, like there was, there was a lot going on and it didn't, it didn't feel right. So I was like, oh, I'll put this episode out. Plus I got like real hard masculine and then I had to record a trigger warning. You know, I'm, I'm in a, I'm, I'm kind of going through some relationship issues right now where my, my hard masculine is not um, received well and so I am getting self-conscious about putting it out into the world that my, you know, my hard masculine. And then I realized, no, there's a, there's a good amount of people, you know, probably millions of you that, that receive hard masculine well. Um, in fact, that is the only way I receive information. I don't receive it well from, you know, light and airy and soft and this and that. I receive it from, come on, let's go. <laughs> I receive it this I receive it that way. I tracked a friend's husband in his full Iron Man a couple weekends ago. And the next day I went out and did a faster, longer run than I had done in weeks because I was like, well, if he can exercise for two minutes shy of 14 hours, then my dumb ass can get out there and fucking run for an hour and a half. And that's that's what motivates me. But I've learned through coaching that not everybody is motivated that way however um I'm not going to record trigger warnings for my podcast like if my hard masculine comes out you can just find something else to listen to if you don't like it um because this is the person you're going to be working with if you ever hire me so it's it's just good to know but in, in talking about fear of failure um in in the non in a not hard masculine way um, I was talking about this example of the wood fire kiln that Martin and I went to, uh, I don't know, when was it? August? It was in Wisconsin. And the kiln was so big that they could only fire it once a year because it took the artists that long to make enough work to fill it. And then people had to take considerable time off from their jobs or their own their own work as artists to go and to keep this thing fired for the amount of time that it needed to be. And from what he told me, this was only the sixth firing of this kiln and they couldn't quote the, the guy that built it told, told Martin, they couldn't quote fail fast enough, unquote. And I really, I really thought that that was beautiful in that failing faster and failing fast and being able to fail a lot is important to success. And 
these people that have fears of failure, like I get it, like I get that you're making it mean something um, inherent about you and your worthiness, but this is the shit that like as a coach I would work with you on because truthfully it doesn't mean anything about you and your worthiness. You have to fuck up. You have to. There's no, there's no way of getting around fucking up. Like you have to fuck up. Um, I started get the fuck off two years ago, so I was kind of like informally coaching before then, and, and now I'm I've been formally doing it, and I've had to fuck up. And some of the ways that I fucked up is like just trying to be a savior to everybody. Like I was trying to save my former self in a lot of ways. So I wanted to make personal development not only digestible but accessible. And here's what I learned: the people that had done this this work for you know, 20, 30, 40 years longer than me, turns out, ha, turns out they were right about a bunch of things that I swore they wouldn't be right about. Like, you know, you hear people that are so successful at something tell you something and and you're like, no, 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 it can't be that way. It just can't be that way. And it is every time. And here's another thing that I learned like monetary contributions are super important. Like you investing in yourself, super important. I am like a rare breed. I have invested in myself quite a bit of money. But I'm a rare breed in that I have a natural high capacity for masculine, hard masculine energy. So like as an athlete, like I, I'm just fueled to do it. There is, I don't need bright, shiny objects. I don't need new running clothes. I don't, my watch is four years old. It's starting to break. Like when this year when I was cutting back on buying things, I ran in the same pair of shoes that had like 2,000 miles on them. It, it was questionable whether my left heel um, <laughs> was going to survive it. And then Martin bought me a new pair of shoes for my birthday, which was so kind. Um, super grateful for that. But like I, I don't need a new running route. I don't need shiny objects. I don't need fancy shit. I will just show up and I will run every day. And if I receive things for free, I value the hell out of them. Like I am a, such a – I am just so motivated by by my own – my own vision of what I want for myself that it's it's like I I will show up I will show up every day I will show up every fucking day I will show up every fucking day like even at times over the last few years where it seemed like nothing was happening in my business and I was confused but I still showing up still you know like every fucking day and um that's me I I don't need that that's not most people um most people need to inject that masculine money is masculine energy and most people need to inject that into their experience to get them to show up otherwise they won't and I have I have tried so like it and I and I'm embarrassed about this but it was always with good intention that I was like no I want to I want to make this available I want to make this accessible I will I will give you my time I will do this and it's like no that it it, it doesn't know it doesn't work that way. Like it doesn't work. It doesn't serve them. It doesn't serve you. It doesn't serve it doesn't serve anybody. And all these people that have done this for 40 years are are saying this and I'm like, oh, I'm totally different, man. Like I'm motivational enough on my own. No. <laughs> That's just not it. You know, it's either like there are some people that just naturally have it and then there are some people that need to to really be held in a tight container where they can they can learn. And um, so, I, yeah, those are ways that I fucked up. Like the ways that I've fucked up, you know, I mean, early on, like just being too much too fast. I think those are ways that I fucked up. Like I am a, I am constantly learning. 
and um, I'm great at what I do, and yet I'm still constantly learning, just fucking up left and right, fucking up left and right. And the thing is, my, my mother said to me, she said, Andrea, you haven't fucked up. And I'm like, I've only fucked up one million times. I mean, now, have I have I been phenomenal? Yeah. Like, I've been phenomenal like 10 million times, but I've fucked up like one million times. <laughs> like, And it's all learning. So this fear of failure, like, it, it's kind of like the wood fire kiln that's only been fired six times when you can only do something once a year. You know, how often do you have to really fail? And, you know, yeah, you'll you'll fail those six times. But then, you know, how many years do you plan to li- be alive? Like, you know, it's not like, you know, if you're firing it once every six weeks, like you're going to know a ton more information um, within a year's time. And uh, if you're firing it once a year, you could be 80 and not know what you would know if you were doing it every six weeks. So it's just, it's stuff like that. You know, the more we fail, the more we learn. And um, being able to do that repeatedly is something. So I don't know if I've said that on the Get the Fuck Off podcast, but I certainly uh, don't want to say it again. So take that at face value because I've said it once and once is enough. Just I also would love to tell you that once is enough. Like hearing something once is enough. I, I know that that sounds like a bitch thing to say, but it's it's enough. Like you heard it once, it probably, you probably got a feeling in your solar plexus whether it was right or it wasn't. Um, And uh, if you got that feeling it was right and then you went second guessing yourself for five years, that's on you. But it was right the first time. Like I always knew that I, I didn't want to work for somebody else. I always knew it since I was young. And my mother... Um, I love my mother. She's she's filled with good intentions and um, she's always wanted me to have a job. Like she's always wanted me to be successful within a company or working for someone and that's all with good intention. And I think in my 20s she was more aggressive and pushy and now I'm almost 40. Well I'm 37 you know but I'm gonna call myself almost 40 because it makes me seem more distinguished. And uh, I think it was when I was about 30, maybe 32 or 33, where I finally said, Mom, if I was going to do that, I would have done it. I would have done it already. Like, I'm, I'm obviously not, not going that way. I'm obviously not going to do it. And I think she's finally gotten to the point where she's accepted. Oh, nope. She's actually not doing it. <laughs> you know, I always knew. I always knew. Um, I'll tell you another story about my mother. It's not about her. It's about something that she thought about me. She, oh, I was a very defiant teenager. I'm, I was kind of the black sheep of my family, if you couldn't guess. And I don't know. I mean, maybe I wasn't, but I felt like the black sheep. I was, I was very much a nonconformist, and I'm. That, that's a little bit different than the people generally of of northeastern Pennsylvania. And I was a nonconformist always. And so I was very, I was very hard to manage as a teenager and even as a young adult, like, and, um, my mother said to me recently, she's like, you don't like poultry. She's like, it took me years to, to figure this out. But one day I realized Andrea really doesn't like poultry. And I said, well, mom, I've been telling you this for like, you know, forever. And she's like, yeah, but I just thought that, 
you were saying that to be defiant because I like poultry, but no, you really don't like it. And I was like, nope, really don't like it. By the way, the dumbest food in the world is turkey, and the second dumbest food in the world is fucking chicken breast. Like when I buy a rotisserie chicken, I eat the dark meat, I eat the organs, I, I slurp on the skin, and then I take that big hunk of breast, and I just it just fucking sits until I have the, you know, until I throw it away. Hell, it's like fucking sitting there like a like I like I eat it like a fucking animal with my hands tearing it apart like a fucking ugh, I'm such a feral creature but that breast can fuck right off hate poultry uh besides organs and some dark meat but anyway that's that's another that's another aside but I've always known that I didn't like poultry and I've always known I didn't want a conventional job and this does seem like it's going off topic but this is about you I know, I know. You're probably thinking, no, it's not. It's about you. No, it's not. It's about you and things that you've always known. You don't need to hear something more than once. Like, I'm I'm telling you, you don't need to be a slow processor. You can hear it once and be like, oh, that lands, that hits. Like, if it gives you that tinge of excitement and you know that feeling, you know it, then that's something. And I want to I want to return to the Marcus Aurelius uh, by way of Ryan Holiday. If it's humanly possible, I can do it also. If it's humanly possible, guys, you can do it. This is true. And uh, if you have a belief otherwise, then you gotta you gotta examine your belief system because that's I mean that's what it is. Like if it's humanly possible, you absolutely can do it. So that's that's forty minutes of rambling, and. I, I swear this is going to be the last time that I record this episode. I, th- I think I just, I recorded so many different things because I'm, I'm having a, you know, a rough couple of weeks in my relationship and I just haven't wanted to repeat myself and I, I really don't like to repeat myself. Like I was looking at the titles of all my episodes and I was like, I love all of this and yet I don't want to repeat myself. Like I, I get tired of repeating myself. I want to talk about something new. So if you guys have, if you guys are, are feeling like you want to hear about something specific, if something's got you kind of confused, definitely reach out to me, Andy, A-N-D-E-E, at getthefuckoff.com. Um, you can check out my website, getthefuckoff.com. I have had broken links, which I realized this week um, on my website. So my... Um, Western Rebellion links are working again. Um, you can check out the link to get the Western Rebellion emails at breakfree.getthefuckoff.com. I receive feedback all the time that my emails are, you know, helping people do all kinds of stuff. They're completely free. They're there for you as a service. Um, if you like the Get the Fuck Off podcast, I am immensely motivated by money. So you can leave, feel free to leave me a tip in the tip jar. It's always nice to receive it but otherwise I intend to continue to show up providing this is a free service for all of you um, but again it's always nice to receive some reinforcement I I don't have a patreon or anything like that it's just I don't really I said to a friend in a text I don't really consider myself a creator I consider myself a coach who happens to create <laughs> but I don't I'm not like I'm not like TikTok famous like the Doherty Dozen. Oh, I love the Doherty Dozen. That's a whole other podcast episode to talk about um, that. But maybe maybe some other 
time. But anyway, uh, that's all I got for you guys today. Thank you for listening to the ramblings. And uh, I hope to hear from you all. You all can stay safe, stay beautiful. I will with luck and with ambition and with the ability to thump, thump, hard masculine thumping. Show up next week with another episode. Let me know what you want to hear about. Send me an email. All that stuff. And uh, I'll see you next time.